Well, thanks for being here and thanks for all your achievements as brilliant, brilliant future leaders in America. Risk is the bottom line, is a constant part of being a choreographer, of being in the arts in America. I started my dance company, Garth Pagan Dance, 30 years ago. Um, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary now. And my parents, of course, said I was crazy because dance companies were, quote, unquote, a dime a dozen, and they last only so long. They last for four or five years, and I'd never make any money at it, and that kind of reasoning. That was my dad, who was an Oxford man and very formal, classical gentleman. My mom, on the other hand, she said, oh, if you want to do it, you seem to have some talent, go ahead and do it. I went to college to make my dad happy. I learned a lot while I was in college, um, which had nothing to do with dance. I was pursuing psychology, <laughs> which ultimately has helped me a lot in working with dancers. <laughs> because my canvas, my paint, are human beings who come into the studio on a certain day and they're very downhearted and, and low as can be. And what's the matter? My parakeet died, okay? <laughs> I love animals. I keep birds myself, but the parakeet died. But we have a world premiere in two weeks, and we have to get it together, dear. <laughs> or somebody comes in, and you give them, you say, start up stage left and travel down right, do four turns, a leap, or whatever. And he doesn't hear a thing you said. Why? He's in love. I mean, madly in love. Those are the joys and problems of working with human beings as you try to create art with them. <clears throat> Obviously, it worked for me because I'm still at it. And I'm still enjoying it. And just last night, I had a young lady leave the company because her boyfriend was graduating tomorrow, and it never occurred to her that she could have asked to go to the graduation because he's in veterinary science, and why not go celebrate and come back for a performance we have on the following Sunday? So anyway, she missed him terribly, and she just couldn't go on without him, so she had to go, back, go with him. Well. I think she'll be back, I hope she'll be back, but I could not compromise a performance that I have people who bought tickets for and are waiting to see it. Um, beyond the human experience and beyond the frailties of us as human beings, and when I'm in a bad mood too, I'm not exactly the nicest guy to get along with. So I mean, I have my own days too. When I come in the studio and I said, hanging there with me today, I'm like really not at my best. Um, but the bottom line is that we get human beings whose instruments are their bodies to create gorgeous shapes, beautiful line, to charge through time and space, to react to music of the caliber of Wynton Marsalis, Brahms. I'm working on a score 
by John Adams right now for a premiere on um, June 7th. And you get all these wonderful, wonderful shapes and movement and people who come to see the shows, they're enriched, they forget the mortgage, they forget their problems for at least two hours. And that's one of the joys of being a choreographer. Most of you know I did The Lion King and we have it now in seven shows around the world and it's been sold out since it opened in November 1997 and in Japan where it's done completely in Japanese spoken and I'm sung in Japanese you get the same response at the same moments that you get from the people in New York, in LA, in Britain, in Toronto and now in Hamburg. That is a blessing, to give that much joy to 2,000 people, eight shows a week, six shows around the world. It didn't happen overnight. It started 30 years ago when I started working with my dance company with very little money, just so I could pay the dancers. Now the dancers are salaried and they have health insurance and um, retirement benefits. So I'm very proud about that because when I was dancing, we never got paid. We did it because we loved it. Sure, my dancers today love it. They absolutely love it, but they have to buy pampers for their kids and they have to pay rent and they have to drive cars. Artists do enjoy the work that they do, but we also have to be a part of society and pay bills. And somehow in America we have the attitude that artists shouldn't get paid like the plumber or the dentist or somebody you'd buy a shirt from at the mall. Um, it was a passion of mine. It was a true passion of mine. It cost me a divorce in life. We came back friends and um, remarried and everything once she realized that this is what I really wanted to do. I know I was not going to be a millionaire overnight, but this is something I had to do because I have 14 dancers that depend on me and a staff of eight that depend on me, and they now have a career. And I have five Bessie Award-winning dancers in the company, which is the highest award dancers can get in America at any rate. We have been to every major capital in the world. We have met heads of states and most phenomenal artists. I actually sat on the stage with Horowitz at the Concertgebouw in, in um, Amsterdam when we were performing there because it was sold out. And he said, nonsense, we got to get you some seats. So I was sitting right there hearing an artist that I absolutely adore and my father just Horowitz was always a pianist for him throughout my life. Talking about parents, parents are very important. When you're young, you sometimes think, oh, well, what do they know? They really do know. They insisted that I learn classical music, that I studied classical music. They dragged me to concerts when I did not want to go because I had to sit still and be quiet. They bribed me with malted milks after the show. And then they started punishing me by not taking me to the concerts. 
And way back then, as, as a five or six-year-old, I was learning about excellence. I was learning about quality in the arts. I was learning about discipline, when you get there, when it ends, and what you do afterwards. And we had to have a discussion about every single performance that we saw. And I saw the performances were boring, but I was learning a lot. And when I saw the light in their eyes as to how they enjoyed what they had heard or what they had seen, I realized that I didn't get it, but this must be something valid. Then I met Martha Graham, most wonderful dance teacher and mentor in the world, who had me go across the floor 13 times until I got a simple, unadorned walk correctly. I did not know what a simple, unadorned walk was, but I knew that she knew what it was. And when everybody else was, everybody has stopped doing it, I kept going, and when I finally did it, she applauded three simple times, bop, 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 and she says, you're going to go places. And being youthful and teenager at that time, I said, oh, sure, you know, because I was very upset and nervous about it. But you have to go that 13th time, or 14th, or 213, or 2 million times until you get it right. And I hope some of you have seen Lion King. If you haven't, you really should go. It's an amazing show, not just because of my work, but Julia Taymor, the director, is brilliant. Um, Elton John and Tim Rice, you know, Lebo M, the musical um, composer from South Africa, absolutely amazing. But it's a $20 million show, and it took us two years to get it together. And then once we had it on stage, it took us six about um, three weeks of previews before we dared carry it to New York. And from the very first preview, the audience was so engrossed that we knew we had a hit. We didn't know how big a hit we had. And still now, four or five years after the fact, when I go, I've forgotten all the hard times. I've forgotten when you get in the theater at 10 in the morning and you leave there at 1 a.m., in the morning after you've had meetings as to how you're going to solve a problem, when the computers don't work. The sets are very elaborate and contemporary. But we worked at it as a team. And everyone came on board, ready to work, to work to their hardest. And as an artist, you sometimes have to dream. The dancer might not be doing what you want or what you need, but you have to dream and you have to push and you have to support so they can get to the point where they will do this magical thing that you need of them. For dancing, of course, as for athletics, it's hours and hours in the studio. My dancers take two classes a day, 11 to 1 in the morning and um, 6 to 8 in the evening, and then we rehearse from 8 until 10 on a good night and 11 or 12 on a more complicated night. But they love it. And their spouses, and some of them do not have spouses, they have what I call spices. Their spices love it because they need that in their life and they understand why they're in the studio and what it is they're trying to attain. The perfect body, as near perfect a body as you possibly can get and then when you get puppets and large costumes to wear on them, you know where the body is, you know where the center of the body is, and you can dream, and yes, you can fly. 
It's hard work, but it's wonderful work. Alas, the arts, the ticket prices can never pay us in the arts, so we have to get subsidies from kind benefactors and do fundraisers just because um, you can only charge so much for a ticket price. In, on the, on, in the professional arena like Broadway, you can charge $100, that's okay. But for concert dance, if you get up to $40, then everyone is a little worried because we do not celebrate the arts enough in America. And whenever things get bad, whenever things get wonderful, if you have an association with the arts, you can always go there to nourish your spirit, to lift you up, to take you away from the computer and get you back with the idea that you've been searching for for weeks or months. Thank you. I'll entertain questions now. Annie Hilby from Phoenix, Arizona. And I was wondering how your experience of dance as a choreographer has been different from your experience of dance as an actual performer and a student. Ah. <laughs> the performer is wonderful because you're out there on stage and you're leaping through the air and you're doing the fastest turns you can and you're doing the most beautiful legata movement you can and you feel the audience with you and then you hear the applause. Um, it's wonderful. It's as close to flying as, as you can get. The choreographer, it's more intellectual. You start planning what it is you want the dance to say, how many instruments you will use, what music you'll use, what costumes, all of those things. And um, then you go in the studio and you try and you experiment, and it looks just god-awful at times. And at other times, it's absolutely wonderful, and you had no idea it would be wonderful. Um, but you do get applause, too, at the end. But you're doing it primarily for the art of dance itself, for the dancers next, and to get your intellectual ideas out there. And your movement ideas. I'm known for my movement invention, coming up with some crazy moves that no one ever saw before. Hi, Mr. Fagan. As an admirer of yours, um, my name is Kathleen Battle, and I'm in the arts. Oh, <laughs> you are in the arts. You are the arts. Twice <laughs> of the century. You mentioned magic. And I served on a panel here a couple of years ago where we had um, different people in, um, in the arts from uh, movies. Um, uh, uh, Naomi Judd was on the panel. I was on the panel. And the question was posed to us, and I would like to ask you, because I, I, I know you have something interesting to say about it, the question of talent. Is it native? Is it something you're born with? How much can be learned? Can talent actually be taught? And I especially want to talk about talent as it regards magic, you know, that indefinable quality. I think, I think you are born with talent. Um, that you have coordination, that you have a voice as brilliant as yours, but it will go away in a hurry. It will disappear immediately if you do not nourish it, if you do not take classes, if you do not investigate different tones, different sounds, different moves for dancers, and if you don't educate your eyes and your ears 
and, and your fingers if you're a painter or whatever. You have to develop it. And that is one of the problems. We never give it enough time. Martha Graham said it takes 10 years to make a dancer. And these days we said 10 years, you know. Well, I studied for 10 years and I founded my company for 30 years. And I'm a grandfather of two now. So it's a lifelong job. It's a lifelong job. But the talent, you can get it, but you have to develop it. You just, I don't care how talented you are. Michael Jordan, I mean, very talented, but he better get out there and do some free throws every now and then. Um, otherwise, it will go away. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. They think that they have this talent and, they, and that's enough. It is never enough. And you get the magic when you have rehearsed and your practice and your being is so free that you get out there and then the magic comes and you hit that F over C and you say, oh, wow, this is it. Thank you.